0: On track with your Bible reading and goals? Well, we're at month number one. January's up. Wonder how we're doing, huh? I did better this week. I'm rejoicing right there. My little guy's back. I did better this week of staying into getting my reading done. I didn't have to read all 22 chapters this week, so I did good. And I got it done. Um, Even listened to it while I was walking the other day. Just made it easy to get 28, 29 done. So stay with it. Keep reading Proverbs a chapter a day on the date and uh, see what God does in the midst of that. So thank you for that. Of course, right now, at the end of the first month, might be a good time to maybe like look back at your goals, resolutions, your objectives, things that you want to accomplish this year. Um, Might be a good time to go back and just look at them again. Maybe it'd be a good time to reset some of them. Because I know that probably, you know, if you've wanted to lose a few pounds, well, you probably haven't. Okay, so you're there. Okay, you're there. Right? And you know how that goes. Uh, but might be good just to reset. might even be good, maybe, maybe, like, maybe set some goals for this year. Maybe just for February. Maybe not for the whole year. Maybe just for February. You got something. God says, hey, this is what I want you to do. That works, too. But to give yourself something to shoot for. Something to aim at, so that you can hit it, or you can get close to hitting, it. or maybe not hit it at all. All right, but at least you got something. So I wanted to encourage you that, especially with your Bible reading, your time with the Lord, make time for him each day. All right, we get into Proverbs again. I remind you this: as so I defined a wise guy or a wise gal, it's somebody who's skilled. They're an expert in godly living. Again, not just getting by, not mediocre. Uh, Well, yeah, no. No, there's somebody who's passionate toward it. They want this to happen in their life. And so they're taking the steps to be able to be good at that, to be an expert at it, be skilled at it, just as you in your workplace or or your school or your recreation, you seek to be skilled at it. Maybe not an expert, but you're working toward what you can do, the best you can do. And that's what we want to happen in our walk with Jesus. We want to be really good at skilled at living for the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, I give you this quote that came from Derek Kidner, that Proverbs, the function of Proverbs, is to put godliness into working clothes. And as you keep reading through Proverbs, you see this. just all these things that, that we could do that are practical, that make sense in our day and time. To put godliness into working clothes, so that we would have, as Eugene Peterson said, that we'd have a long obedience in the same direction that all our life would be on that same trajectory to be skilled, to, to be with God and to love Him and to care for Him and to be a part of His family and to grow together so that we're seeking Him or we're getting closer to Him each year of our lives. Now, I remind you as we look at chapter 8 that wisdom is personified as a woman because the Hebrew noun is feminine. So, she is calling. We're going to find out. Right? So just a reminder of that, that, that as you look through this book and you see that, wisdom is personified as a woman, and it's obvious in chapter 8 of Proverbs. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stance the gates, in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries aloud to you, O man, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right. From my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands, and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction instead of silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of Pride and arrogance in the way of evil and perverted speech, I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule and nobles, all who govern justly. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield and choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness and the paths of justice, granting an inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasures. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields, or the first of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his habited world, delighting in Blessed are those who keep my ways, hear instruction, and be wise, and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. Whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord, but he who fails to find me injures himself. Some rhetorical questions to begin with. She says in verse 1. Does not wisdom call? What's the answer? Yes. Expected answer is yes. Does not wisdom call? Yes, wisdom calls. Does not understanding raise her voice? The answer is yes, she does. Everywhere. Wisdom is calling out on the heights beside the way. At the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries aloud. Also, verse 34, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. Wisdom is calling. She's speaking. She's saying, listen to me. I'm speaking. I'm talking. I want you to hear what I have to say. I want you to bring it in. I want you to hear it. Not go in one ear, out the other. No, I want it to come and to be a part of your life. As my friend would say, Bill Donahue. Pay attention. Pay attention. I'm calling. I'm speaking to you. I want you to listen to me. Now remind you, what wisdom's talking about? We're talking about God's wisdom. Not man's so-called wisdom. Okay? We're talking about God's wisdom, his instruction his precepts, his laws, the things that he would give to us. A man has some good things in there, but we're talking about what God wants for us. That's who's calling to us as wisdom calls. And here's what wisdom says in verse four. She's speaking to men. get could all be in. my cry is to the children of man. I see this. He's saying, this is generational. I don't want it just to give it to you. I don't want you just to have wisdom. I want you to pass it on to your kiddos and to your kiddos and to your kiddos and the people around you. Wisdom is generational. It's not to be kept kept to ourselves. We're to pass it on. God's wisdom. We'll, We'll pass on those good things our kids need to know, of course. But God's wisdom he wants it to go through us and to make a difference in the lives of those who follow beside us and behind us. He says it's to the simple in verse 5 and to the fools. When he uses the word simple, he's not just saying somebody who maybe, you know, maybe is not good at math. I could have been included in a simple thing right there. Right? When he says fools, he's talking about people that, that don't know God. It's simple of people that don't know God. And you saying, listen, you listen. Not just you who know me. You people listen to me because I have what you need. I'm calling out to you from everywhere. Listen to me. Pay attention. I'll help you learn prudence and sense, he says in verse 6. Verse 5, okay. <laughs> oh, simple ones. Learn prudence. Oh, f- fools, learn sense. Now, as we think about sense, you know that there are six senses, right? Sight, sound, what else? Taste, smell, here, Well, hearing, okay. What? Oh, you guys are just you're overwhelming me. How about sight, sound, smell, touch, and taste? Right? There's five senses. Well, I said there were six. There's common sense, too. Some people don't even have that, unfortunately. Don't even have common sense. God gives common sense. It's a part of our conscience. Romans chapter 2. It's a part of our conscience. The conscience that says to us, that's wrong, don't do that. The conscience that says, that's right, you did the right thing. Pats us on the back, says you did the right thing. It says, I'll give you sense. My sense. Not just the world's, not just the sight, sound, smell, taste and touch. But I'll give you my sense what's really important, what is really valuable and will benefit you. He goes on to say, she talks about what she will give to us. She says, I'll give you, and I am noble and right. It reminds me of Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9, right? It says, think about the things that are pure, noble, right, true, lovely. Those are the things we're supposed to think about. I had to memorize that verse a while back and I had to do turn up. True, right, noble, pure, turn up. It spells turn up it? It's Hebrew. They don't put vowels in it, okay? Hebrew doesn't put vowels in it, right? I had to mix it up a little bit because really it's true, noble, right, pure. But for the sake of me, you maybe you don't have to have mnemonic devices, you have a better memory than that, right? But I had to put it that way. And then I had the lovely, admirable, excellent praise word. That's what wisdom is. God's wisdom to us. Is that which is true? And it is noble. It is good. And it is right for us. She says, this is who I am. This is what we can be. This is what would come as you put wisdom into your life. She says, I am truth and not wickedness. that. I am truth and not wickedness. I am righteous, in verse 9, or verse 8. I am righteous, nothing twisted or crooked. talk about that in life. It says it's in the chapter 4. It says, to the right or to the left. I'm not twisted. I'm not crooked. I'm not wicked. This is who I am. I'm straight on, straight on. I'm straight, he says in verse 9. I'm straight and right to those who want to understand what true knowledge is. Going back to verse 7. The wisdom of God is in contrast to the wickedness that is an abomination, as he says. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. That we would speak wickedness. We wouldn't speak truth, but we would speak wickedness. It's an abomination to my lips. And we know in our day and age that this wickedness Abounds. Listen to this. It too is calling for your attention. Just like wisdom is calling, saying, Listen to me, pay attention, so too, wickedness, Satan's ploy, is being broadcast all over, all around us, and it is calling for your attention and my attention. Both want our attention. Both want us to follow them. Let's see, was there an Sprint commercial where it used to go, can you hear me now? Well, I don't think Sprint even exists anymore now. It's been brought together, so we can't hear Sprint anymore. Maybe it's AT&T or you know, T-Mobile, I don't know. But can you hear me now? Somebody is speaking out there. Wickedness is speaking and wisdom is speaking. We must listen to wisdom. God's wisdom for us, for us right now. So, wisdom is calling. So, do what? Listen to it. Listen to it. Pay attention. It's for you, it's for me, it's for the simple, those that don't know Jesus for those who are foolish and and say there is no God. He knows what's best for us because he's God. He's above us. He knows what's best. And this is his wisdom. He says, listen to me. Well, going on, another kind of section here as I have put this together in verses 10 through 17. God's wisdom, he says, as Solomon is writing, God's wisdom is more valuable than jewels. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about that My day in our day and time. Uh, instead of silver or gold. Well, uh, we we don't live in Hollywood. Jewels, gold, and silver is probably not really probably at the top of the list for us. Would you agree with me? No, yeah, but you know, you got a wedding ring. You might have a few little bracelets and necklaces, but you know, I'm not seeing any of you wearing lots of bling this morning. It's really important to you. But what could we maybe say? Maybe wisdom is more valuable than a new car. Maybe wisdom's more valuable than um, new furniture. Saying those things are wrong, but you say wisdom is more valuable than those things that you would consider to be treasures that could be important to you that would maybe distinguish you because this is what you have. You you remember buying a new car. Takes is to be in a parking lot. I read even a post this morning from the next door neighbor thing, or this week. Ladies said, Hey, did any of your cars get keyed up on Liberty Point? She says, I just had my car, a new car, for one week. Somebody keyed the car up at their home, the driveway of their home. How did you do that? No, you didn't say that. You, you, you don't talk like that. You said, oh, I guess they must have just had a hard time getting out. The wind blew their door into my car. I just—that's all right. Just That's all right. Just don't do it to somebody else. And we all know it. But he's saying wisdom is way more valuable than that. Whatever it is for you, it's important. Wisdom is way more valuable than that. Maybe a home theater system vacation. Whatever it is for you, wisdom is more important. goes on as Solomon speaks to us. He says, now wisdom is going to be evident in godly knowledge and discretion, verse 12. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and I find knowledge and discretion. Somebody sent me this a while back. I thought this was pretty good. Next slide, if you would, please. Knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad. No, that's pretty good. Now, but I want to want you to understand that's that's man's wisdom and knowledge. That's man's wisdom and knowledge. You see, God's knowledge is his word, his precepts, his that's true. I'm not saying it's not true. Sir Kington, you know, he's, he's got it right, especially if you don't like tomatoes. Right? But God's knowledge is different than man's knowledge. Man's knowledge pursues them, the analytics and the science. The good things to do. God is there. But God's knowledge is bigger than that. It's what he has for us here in his his Word. This is His knowledge that's so important. His wisdom that is greater of value than anything we could ever have. Discretion. If we have His wisdom, we will be discreet. We'll have discretion about what we need to do, where we need to go, what He wants us to do. Salma writes, and again, wisdom. She calls out and says, Wisdom is evident in the fear of the Lord, verse 13. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance in the way of evil, and perverted speech I hate. Uh, back in October, we started this series. We had a sermon on the fear of the Lord. And I said this about the fear of the Lord as you look at it the, the nine times or so that it's in the book of Proverbs as I put together kind of a mathematical thing. that the, the fear of the Lord adds wisdom. It subtracts evil. It multiplies life, and it divides his blessing. As you look at how he talks about the fear of the Lord, it adds wisdom to our life. It subtracts evil. It says here, if you fear the Lord, you'll hate evil. We will hate evil. We look at it, he says in other places, he says it'll multiply life. Life comes from it. We'll see that as we finish up this chapter. And then it divides his blessing as we look, as we fear him. We have this sang that in in the songs of love ran red. red. We thought about that. How precious what he's done for us. We look in awe of what he has done for us. Wisdom in our lives will be evident in verse 14, evident in godly counsel and in insight. When someone says to you, and I've read examples of this, God said to me, I'm supposed to leave my wife and go marry this other woman. I can tell you that's not godly. That's not of God. And I've heard those illustrations in counseling sessions where somebody says, oh, God told me to go sin. No, God did not tell you to go sin. That's not him. The fear of the Lord hates evil. Godly counsel says that's not the way you should go. That doesn't agree with what Scripture says for us. Wisdom will be evident in our lives when our leaders rule justly. You see, wise men rule wisely just this week I read from my faith votes that I get from Mike Huckabee. He used to be the governor of Arkansas. His daughter is now the governor. Listen to what he said. Earlier this week, and I'm just quoting what he wrote, Vice President Harris gave a big speech in Florida to mark the anniversary of the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision. And in doing so, She seemed to quote directly from the most famous sentence of the Declaration of Independence. I'll quote it for you. give it to you. Hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But as she gave that speech, she completely omitted both our Creator and the right to life. With such a massive omission, Mr. Huckabee writes, she did us all a favor. She reminded us of the sheer radicalism of the pro-abortion, anti-religious left, and how at odds they are with our founding ideals and God's design. When people reject the belief that we are all a gift from God and endowed by him with certain inalienable rights, it's no surprise that they would embrace policies. Tell you, I read this. The Vice President did finish the speech with God bless America. But God, is my words, but God the Creator can't bless America when we continue to take the right to life away from precious babies, His creatures. can't. He can't bless us. In one moment she's saying, Oh, we don't need God. In another moment she's saying, Yes, we need God. Which is it? For any of us. She can't rule justly. There's no way. Because God has been taken out of the equation. Our rulers will rule wisely and justly. They'll put God first. Seek him just like God says to us. Wisdom is evident in a love for wisdom and diligently seeking it. Turn back to Proverbs chapter 2. 1 through 4. Solomon says this, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive and pay attention to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and you raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it, wisdom, like silver, and search for it as for hidden treasures, then, if then statement, Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. be evident in our love for it and diligently seeking it, wanting to be a part of our life. You see, wisdom is of the greatest value, so get it. Get it. It's available. Right there for us. We want to listen to it, okay, or listen for it, but we also want to get it. Various translations of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. The beginning of wisdom is this. It's the English Standard Version. Get wisdom, and whatever you get, get insight. From the New International Version. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. From another translation. Wisdom is the most important thing, so get wisdom. If it costs you everything you have, get understanding. So in our lives. Is there enough evidence to prove that you and that me that we are a wise guy or a wise gal? Is there enough evidence to prove that we're a wise gal or a wise guy? It says it'll be evident right here to get it as we look back at what it says. There'll be a love for wisdom in our life. We'll diligently seek it. We will have discretion We will fear the Lord, hate evil. We will be worth of, our worth will be seen in godly counsel and insight. We will rule justly in what we have. Is there evidence in our life when people look at us and say, he is a wise guy. He is a wise gal because they see our life. Interesting, anybody read the open windows this morning? Devotional? One. Okay, some of you have it. maybe you haven't got it. devotional, we pass out. It had that age-old question that probably you've seen. If they were to come to you, would there be enough evidence for them to convict you of being a Christian? Any of you have read that question many years ago. Is there enough evidence in your life that people would say, he's a Christian, they could convict you of being a Christian? Well, how about this? Is there enough evidence in my life that people could say, he's a wise guy, he's a wise gal? I hope so. I'm working on it. All these things, they'll be evident. This will be evident if we have wisdom. It will be evident in our life. Now, verses 22 through 31, I just put it this way. Wisdom has been around as long as God has been around. Wisdom has been around as long as God has been around. thought this. If you seek the wisdom of God, you'll find the God of wisdom. If you'll seek his wisdom, you'll find him. You could interchange it. If you seek the God of wisdom, then you'll find the wisdom of God. You'll get it. But this passage was covered back in October 23 of last year by Greg Cole, sitting right here today. And so I'm not going to cover it because you can go back and you can listen to his excellent sermon about this passage, Wisdom and Creation. So go back if you don't remember that, if you don't remember all those points he gave you. Greg, I can't believe they forget some of your sermon. We know how it is, a lot going on. Go back and listen to that sermon great job of covering this passage. So I'm going to leave it as it is for you to do and I'm going to go on to the next section. I'm talking 18, 21, and 32 through 36. Wisdom will reward you. Wisdom is calling, we said Wisdom is out there for us to find. It's calling to us. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Wisdom is available and it's of the greatest value, so get it. And lastly, wisdom, wisdom has a it comes with honor and fruit says in verse 18 and 19 riches and honor are with me enduring wealth and righteousness my fruit is better than gold even fine gold and my yield than choice is silver wise guys and gals are still honored even in our day those who would give God's wisdom and fruits i think about fruit what's the fruit picture fruit picture something growing if you have fruits something's been growing something's helped And something that's reproducing. Jesus said, if you're my disciple, you'll bear fruit. You'll reproduce me and others. You'll help them to follow me. They'll help them to be disciples. So think about that. Honor and fruit that in our lives, this wisdom, it will reward us. As we put God's wisdom into our life, it will reward us. We will grow. We will reproduce our lives, wisdom, and other people. Luke 2.52 describes a very, very wise man. And it says this. Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. He was a wise guy, just like he wants us to be. Yes, we won't be perfect like him, but we want to be like him and to reproduce his life. He to reproduce his life in us and we to reproduce his life. He says in verse 20 and 21 that wisdom's reward will be an inheritance and satisfaction of you. Satisfaction. Let me ask this question. Um, How many of you have had a rich uncle and he put you into his will? Yeah, me neither. (laughs) My mom was the 11th of 11th kids. My dad's the 10th of 11th kids. So I can tell you this, I had no rich uncles. There were no rich uncles in my family. But I'm telling you, you got a rich aunt. Her name is Wisdom. She says, if you will put me into your life, you'll have an inheritance. You'll have an inheritance. We didn't know exactly what that means. Probably not money. But there's something good about it, that. We put wisdom into our lives. There's this inheritance that comes to us. Maybe she's speaking of the inheritance we have when we get to heaven. When we didn't deserve anything that God has for us, and yet we get to share his riches someday. He says you'll be satisfied. You see, when when you you live out in honor of her wisdom, we don't want to waste that. You'll be delightfully satisfied with the wisdom you inherit. Satisfaction is a really important thing in life. If we have wisdom in our life, we can be satisfied in that, that, that we see God, that we are diligently seeking Him, and He's bringing His life into us. As we think about that, moving now to, to verse 32, it says this And now, sons, listen to me. We've seen that numerous times already. Solomon says that, that that type of phrase. His son says, "Blessed are those who keep my ways, who hear instruction and be wise, and do not neglect it." I simply put it this way: heed its instruction and keep its ways. Two easy words to keep: heed and keep. Heed and keep. Listen to it. Pay attention to it, and then do what it says as you live it out on, Solomon says, you'll be blessed. Verse 34. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. I'm there, looking for you. I want you to listen to me. I'm speaking all the time. Listen to me. Now, put it into practice. Keep my ways. Well, just te- just don't keep the instruction. Now, do what it says. Then be blessed. You'll be blessed by the Lord. Approval of good wishes, a definition for blessing. Something to be glad about. Help believe to come from God. See, when when, when you and I are recipients of God's blessings, what should we do with that? Pass it on. Others are going to be blessed by you because you're being blessed by God. They don't want us just to keep his blessings say, oh, thank you, Lord. That was great, man. You're so kind to me. No. He wants to say, yeah, you're kind to me now. I want to bless other people because you blessed me. That's what we do with blessings. And when we have wisdom, we will be blessed, and we will be a blessing to other people because we have his thoughts, we have his mind, we have his intentions for us and to be able to pass on to others from his word. You'll find life, he says. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside the door. For whoever finds me, speaking of wisdom, finds life selfish living seems to please self. Because selfishly selfish living seems to please self, but in reality it doesn't please self or others that self interacts with. We think, I'll do this, you know, I feel good about myself. But the fact is, we're not going to because he doesn't want us to live a selfish life. He wants us to live a selfless life. Well, that's what he's called us to do the opposite. This is a selfish life. I'm going to do it I want. This is a selfless life. You know what? God has been really kind to me. So I'm going to just pass on those blessings on people. I'm going to be involved in their lives. I'm going to care for them, just like Jesus would care for them, just like other people have cared for me through my lifetime. I'm going to be a part of their lives. And that brings life to us. That brings satisfaction to us when we live that Find favor from the Lord. An act of kindness. Favor. An act of kindness are granted out of goodwill. I think maybe we could even use another word, but it's, it's a word you know well. Grace. You find grace from the Lord. Remember Ephesians chapter 1, verse 8. It says, God has lavished his grace upon us. God has lavished his grace. That, that means grace. On us. His favor to walk in wisdom according to his ways. He'll lavish us with his favor, with his grace. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. That's the reward of wanting his wisdom in our life. And lastly, in the last verse, but he who fails to find me, wisdom, injures himself. All who hate me, love. Me. in two young men in the Washington, D.C. area. One of them was 14 years old. And they decided that they wanted to hijack a car. I don't know exactly how they worked all this out, but they decided that that was something they should do. Unfortunately, the car, the driver of that car, 6'1", 228 pound running back for the Washington Commanders. Listen, if you're going to hijack a car, take on somebody like me. Okay? Not a 6'1", 228 pound running back for the Washington Commanders. They didn't get too far, but they shot him. Brian Roberts, he came back five games later. in those five games. He came back in play. superficial way. And to take this, He didn't have the wisdom of it. Here's what he said. I tried to rob a man of his Dodge Hellcat. It's quite a nice car. And it went wrong. I wasn't thinking. Duh. Come on, man. No matter what the car was. Young man, Wasn't enough for the 14 year old boy. Just a couple of weeks later, he shot a 15 year old boy. My heart breaks for this young man. breaks for him. He's hurt himself. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. Himself for the rest of his life. Now we may not go to that extreme, of course. But this is my prayer that he might find the God of wisdom while he suffers the consequences for beating the wisdom. That he'd find the God of wisdom in his incarceration. Something like Larry Walker. Bonnie Brown, brothers of Judah, the prisoners they come They come, and they're there. We're not gonna, they're going to be wherever he's at, some way, a They find the God of wisdom, his life redeemed. Become somebody valuable to the kingdom of God, because he can seek the God of wisdom and find the wisdom of God. Proverbs 13, 20, whoever walks with the wise will become Yeah, it's not hard. (laughs) Whoever walks with fools, the companion of fools, will suffer harm. Let's bring it down a little bit to us. Daily, as I mentioned earlier. Daily, are you seeking the wisdom of God? If you're taking time with him each day, you are. But if you're not taking time with him, school, are you walking with the people that will help you be wise? If you're not, you won't be wise. We want you to be wise. We want you to be increasing in wisdom and stature and favor of God and man because we know that's the good thing for you. It's the best thing for you. Seek those people who will help you. In wisdom with the things we see on our phone and on our computer, when we read about, when we see on TV. Wickedness is calling out just like wisdom is calling out. It's all around us, it's abounding. We know that. Who will we listen to? And what will we?